All right, guys, we are going to dive back into the book of 1 John, which is kind of where we've been, but we've been in Rivals, and so I want to take a minute to kind of do two things. I want to recap where we've been so far, but also I just want to show some gratitude. It's okay. If you don't have a pen, you got like four pens right there. Haven, what are you doing? Haven, what are you doing? You got like four pens. All right. I want to give some gratitude to the people who, man, spent some time studying the Word. So we've been in 1 John looking at this letter. If you got your Bible out today or you're, you're following along on the screen, it is towards the very end of the Bible, one of the last letters in the Bible. And we've been looking on uh, just some different things that John is trying to communicate to these believers. So in week two, Emma, do you guys remember Emma? Yeah, yeah, she came and brought the fire, right? She taught us in week one how we are to walk in the way of Jesus. How do we know how to live? Because Jesus showed us how to live, right? So we walk in the way of Jesus and we want to avoid sin and we want to prove that we know God by the way that we represent him to people around us, okay? Those are kind of my big ideas from, that I took away from Emma's talk. And then Isaac, do you remember the tall, skinny, lanky guy who was betrayed us and was with whales all night? Do you guys remember that guy? Yeah, tall, lanky guys, can't trust him. All right, Isaac, he showed us how some of us may be children, some of us may be young men, and some of us may be fathers when it comes to our spiritual journeys. That there's this kind of pattern of growing in maturity uh, when it comes to how we walk with the Lord. And as he kind of showed us this kind of age-old command that we are to love one another and to not love what? The earth. Yes, the things of the world. But I got where you're going with that. The earth. We're not supposed to love the things of the world. Then last week, my guy, Caden, he taught us about how we are to really discern who is trying to teach us the things that are untrue and that to know that our source of truth is only from who? It's from God, right? That God alone is where truth is really comes from and that we should be able to discern his voice because God calls us his what? His children, right? And so a child may be able to understand and discern the voice of their father. And so that's kind of showed us a little bit of that. So here we are, we're reading this letter that the apostle John wrote to this group of believers uh, who had recently undergone some kind of schism or part in their community and they had lost some of their, their community. And so we kind of find this, this letter and we're kind of gleaning some things because we recognize that we're not too far off. Like the things that the people in the Bible we're dealing with might be slightly different, but in the end, we're all humans. We're all created in the same way. And therefore we may struggle with some of the same things. Have you ever, has anybody ever like told you a story and they kind of gave you some, some concepts about the story or things that were going on in the story, but you had no idea what they were talking about. Yeah, this happens to you guys. All right, this happens to me all the time. And you kind of had to like fix your perspective to kind of understand what's going on in, in the story or what's happening. You had to, to figure out like, like what is going on. And so today I want to kind of, maybe everybody put their kind of hypothetical glasses on or lenses on because as we go through chapter three tonight, we're gonna finish out chapter three tonight. I want you to kind of put on this perspective. John is making sure that this group of believers understand correct beliefs about God. Listen, if I have any, anything that I want you to walk away from middle school ministry with when you head into high school, either this year or in a couple years, is that you really do know who God is. That you have some correct beliefs and understandings about God. And so John finds himself repeating himself. 
Do your parents ever do this sometimes? They tell you to do something and they like repeat what they're telling you to do and then they repeat it one more time. Unless your dad is Eric Davis in which he doesn't repeat anything one time and you better get it, okay? But for most of us, our parents maybe repeat some things. And so John's not just gonna repeat himself in the exact same way, but he's gonna use some kind of styles of arguments because he is so concerned that the believers are not going to have a correct or a true belief about God. So some of the things we've talked about tonight are gonna be kind of reiterations of things that we've heard before. And we're looking at kind of a few verses at a time, 1 John chapter three, and we're gonna start out in verse number 11, all right? It's gonna be up on the screen. I'm gonna read it. This is what it says. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning that we should what? Love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, believers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death and into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in what? And everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. And so John who wants us to know that it's important that we love one another, that we take care of one another, that we really are people who show the world what love is. He kind of gives us this idea of what love doesn't look like, all right? So he's not gonna start out with like, hey, I want you to love one another and this is how you love one another. He says, I want you to love one another and so I'm gonna tell you some people to not be like, all right? If I was like, hey, I want you to grow up to be a good Christian person, I can give you some people who to not be like. And this is kind of what John's doing, okay? He, he is, he's giving us some bad examples. And the first one is this story way, way back from the beginning of the Bible of two brothers. How many of you are, have a brother? You guys have brothers in there? Claude brothers in there, yeah. Shh, bro, all right. I'm gonna tell Matthias, you're gonna watch out. All right, oh, that was you. Oh, I'm gonna tell Lawson. All right, shh, all right. Cain and Abel, do you guys remember this story? Very beginning of the Bible. The first murderer, right? Cain and Abel, they both made an offering to God. God counted one as righteous and he counted one as not righteous because the, the, the brother did not follow the directions that God had given him. And so what does Cain do? He kills his brother, all right? Terrible. And so John is saying, hey, listen, if you wanna know what love isn't, Listen, we've been given time and time again, example after an example after example of what love is not. Cain and Abel, the first children born in the world were a great example of what love is not. And then he gives another example. He says, hey, listen, you don't need to be shown what love isn't because look at the way the world is treating you. For these people, for this church, and this is why I think it's important to kind of put that lens on, for this group of believers, they had been persecuted or looked poorly upon or ridiculed by the world around them. And says, so, hey, listen, do you wanna want, want to know what love is not? That's the way that the world treats you. That's what you shouldn't do. That's what you shouldn't be treating one another. That's how you shouldn't treat other people. You know that that is not love. And whoever has, who does not have love abiding in them is, uh, has, abides in death, it says. And so he gives them some examples of what not to do. My stepdad growing up, he used to say this phrase. It was terrible, but that's what you say. He says, do as I say, not as I, is the worst, okay? All right, listen, when your parents, people of, of, who are mentoring you in life, they should not follow that pattern. They should say, hey, listen, do as I say and as I do. I'm gonna lead you by an example. And so John gives us a couple examples, not just of what not to do, but what to do. And he uses this phrase, by this we know, okay? So here we go. 
1 John chapter 3, we're going to start at 16 now. By this we know what? That he, Jesus, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, we're going to come back to that phrase in a minute, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in what? Deed and in truth. To lay down one's life for someone else means to give up my preferences, my priorities, my desires, to say that I am less important than the person who is around me. I am less important than this other person who is in my life. For Jesus, ultimately, he literally gave up his life for us. That's love, that's sacrifice for us. In our lives today, I think very, not very often are we called or expected to give up our life for someone, but I do think we are to love people through sacrifice. We are to maybe give up our time, maybe to give up our, our talent, the things that we have, or to give up our treasure. Those are three things that we've talked about here at middle school ministry before, our time, talent, and our treasure. And here's what I want you to do. First off, if you got your phone out, you need to put it in your pocket, or I'm going to walk over there, and I'm going to snatch it, okay? So put your phone away. I'm looking over here so that I'm giving these guys a chance to put their phones away. And then I want you to do this. I want you to take 60 seconds and I want you to write down on your piece of paper a one, one way that you can give up your time for someone around you this week, one way you can give up your talents or your skills or your gifts or something that you're good at, or give up your treasure, something that you own, okay? How can you give up your time, your talent, or treasure? And we're doing it right now. You're gonna talk about it in your groups later, but I want you to write those down. 60 seconds, one way to give up your time, one way to give up your talent, one way to give up your treasure to the people that are in this room. Maybe to your family, but I'm thinking of like, how do we love one another this week, all right? So I'm gonna give you just a few seconds, 60 seconds-ish to write those things down on your card. All right, hopefully you're able to write some things down. You can keep writing. Just because I'm talking doesn't mean you have to stop writing. Hopefully you're taking good notes tonight. But you wrote them down now. And when we get to our groups in a little bit, I want you to talk more and more about how we can actually love one another this week. Because John here says, little children do not love in word or in talk, but in what? Deed and in truth. Yeah, indeed in truth, right? So don't just write something down. Don't just say that you're gonna love somebody. Don't just say, hey, I love you. That's a, a phrase maybe we, we toss around in our society today. Don't just say it, but actually do something about it. So maybe in your group tonight, you can figure out some good practical ways to love one another because John here says little children, because he's saying, hey, listen, when we're immature in our faith, when we have not grown in our faith, we may say some things, but we don't actually do them. And so he's wanting us to kind of not just talk the talk, but to walk the walk. All right, so you wrote some things down, you're talking about them in your group tonight. But there's one more way, uh, or maybe two more ways, actually, that this passage really helps us know about what love is. John uses this phrase again, by this we know, say that phrase with me, by this we know 
truth. No, by this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. This is verse 20. For whoever, whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. I'm gonna read that one more time. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. Verse 21, beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. That's the end of verse 22. So here John says that we don't just know what love is because of the example of Jesus, but we can also know what love is because of our new hearts in Christ, our, our new creation. Listen, when I read this verse the first time, I read it like four more times and then I still looked really confused at what it said because I was like reading it. And I was like, I don't understand this. I read it again. I was like, I don't understand this. So I pulled out some commentaries. I read some, some other things. And as I began to read it and really soak in, I began to see, and, and I told you we're gonna go back to a phrase in verse 17. I think it helps us understand it. In, in our language today, if you've grown up in the church, if you've been a Christian for any period of time, you maybe have heard this word. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna see if you can tell me what it is. If I say the word conviction, Oh, I'm convicted, all right? What does that mean when I say like in the, in, the, in, in the church? I say, oh man, I was gonna do that, but then I was convicted. What does that mean? Somebody help me out. What does that mean? Yeah, like your conscience, right? What would you say? Bro, I think she's reading my notes over here, okay? Yeah, it's like, it's like that gut feeling like, oh man, I am not supposed to be with these people right now oh no, I know that mom and dad have told me not to do this. I know that God tells me not to do this. And I know that I should not be doing this. And you have that feeling. Like you feel like you could just pass out. You could fall on the floor. Maybe like sometimes it's a little, you know, not as significant as that. But I think when John is writing here, he's talking a little bit about that. That when our heart condemns us or whenever our heart does not condemn us, he's referring to a little bit of that, that gut feeling or that word, maybe we would put it as, not condemn, but convict, all right? How do we know what love is and what, what is truth? Because the Holy Spirit can help us see what is good and what is evil. If the Holy Spirit condemns us or convicts us or causes us to question something, then we can know that something is sin or is evil or wrong. But when the Holy Spirit doesn't, then we can know that we are not being led in the wrong direction. Now, I'm gonna be honest. When I read through this, and even as I'm teaching you this, I recognize in my own life, I struggle with this sometimes. Sometimes I'll be in a situation and I just have this gut feeling. And sometimes it's hard for me to tell, does that mean that God wants me to do this? Or does that mean that God's telling me to not do this? And sometimes I get a little bit confused. And after the fact, I roll back to God and say, God, I'm still learning, like help me, help me figure this out. I'm still learning exactly what this gut feeling means. Pastor Dan, when he preached this past Sunday, he, he brought this up a little bit. Uh, when in, in John chapter 15, it says, Jesus saw the crowds and he had, what is the word on them? He, compassion, yeah, you were listening in church Sunday. He had compassion on them. And I've shared this with you in this before, uh, that the, the Greek word for compassion used there is, is a word called splagnitzomai, which literally means to have your bowels yearn, okay? Your bowels are like your gut and to have them like hurts, your stomach hurt. Or to be like, I gotta go to the bathroom right now. Okay, that's kind of like more of a literal translation of this word. And in verse 17 of 1 John chapter three, when, can you roll that back to me? 1 John 3, 16 through 18. I want us to look at it together. It says, but if anyone has the world's good and sees his brother in need, and then it says, yet closes his heart against him, that is the word that John uses. 
When he says, I know, I have this feeling that I know that I need to, but I close my heart. I quench that gut feeling and say, I'm not gonna care for my brother. I'm not gonna love my brother. This is the same thing that he's talking about here. So listen, in life, whenever you're trying to figure out, is this truth? Is this what I should do to love one another? I think ultimately we can look at Jesus' example and we can follow that. But there might be times in the moment where you're like, I know that in this moment, I need to do something about this. And you close your eyes and you say, God, help me know what the right decision is right now. And maybe God leads you and he guides you and the Holy Spirit kind of pushes you in that direction so that you can choose what is right. In your groups tonight, I hope you get a chance to talk about this a little bit more because in the Bible, in the Old Testament, it says our heart is deceitful above all things. That our heart can deceive us and lead us down dark places in bad ways. And yet here, John's saying, in some ways you have to trust this new heart that you have been given in Christ. And I would say that is a process of learning how to hear from God in that way and how to let the Holy Spirit guide us in those every moments of our life. All right, listen, last two verses and we're gonna go to our groups. It says, and this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and that we love one another just as he commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this, we know. Everybody say that with me. By this, we know that he abides in us. He's with us by the spirit that he has given us, by the new heart that God has placed within us in Christ. John really wants us to know that loving one another is super important. The person to your left, the person to your right, it's so vitally important that you love them, that you care for them, that you support them because they are in Christ with you. And we don't know how to love by looking at the world. We might know what we think. We might think we know what love is by looking at Instagram or by looking at couples in your school or even by looking at your parents or a healthy marriage. We might think that that is the definition or the reality of love, but I want you to know there's one person who shows us what love is and his name is Jesus. Ultimately, that is who we get our understanding of love and we let that be reflected in our life. So this week in your groups, I want you to talk to one another about some specific ways that you can love one another with good healthy boundaries, with ways to be encouraging and uplifting to one another. And in those moments when you aren't sure exactly what to do, may your prayer be to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, guide me, Uh, show me, like make this new heart that you've given me, God, like help me understand how it leads and trust that gut feeling. Learn to, to work with God on understanding when to go left, when to go right, and to follow the direction of his voice. Let me pray for you and we're gonna get to our groups. God, thank you so much. Thank you for the spirit that you've put within us. Thank you for the new heart. As Ezekiel says, you've taken our heart of stone and given us a heart of flesh. You've made us new, a new creation. And so God, we thank you for that. We pray that this week we will be able to live in the power of that new creation by being loving to one another, that we would give up our time, our talent, our treasure for the brothers, for the church, for the people in our, in our faith community. So Lord, help us find practical ways to live that out and help it to be a testimony to the world around us that we are your disciples because of the way that we love one another. We pray all this in the great name of Jesus. Amen.